Welcome to the Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? We'll be joined by RotoWire's Jerry Donavidian. What a piece of that championship! Put it in here. Follow us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Let's get it started with PJ. Welcome back in Fantasy Football Zone. This is PJ with you, and thanks for checking us out. Again, you can always subscribe to the podcast where you get your downloads from, and we'd like a friendly review if you can do that for us. You can always follow us on Twitter as well, at DraftThatGuy. Hopefully week five was good for you. If not, we're here to help you out with week six. Jerry Donabedi and Rotowire.com going to help break it all down and help you put that best lineup available for you coming up this week. First, want to start off with some things, what we're looking for here in week six. Want to start off with this note here. You know, sometimes our decision making and how we start, guys, you know, the process is if there's a key injury on an opposing defense or if there's another factor like that, we, we base that in the decision making process. And sometimes another factor we put in is if the guy is home or away. Sometimes we favor those home matchups more than away. Numbers this year tell us to throw that thinking out the window. In fact, this season, road teams are combined 43-34-1. That's a 558 winning percentage through five weeks. That's the highest road winning percentage at this point in the season in 36 years. The last time NFL teams were more successful on the road through five weeks, that was in 1983. They were 40-30. and 30. That was a 571 winning percentage. So I know sometimes that's based into a factor, especially if they're going into a tough environment like Seattle, for example, tough place to play on the road. But uh, they're, they're telling you, throw that uh, thinking out the window this year, and the facts are on the side of doing that. So, again, try not to put that a big emphasis on that. If that's what your matchup decision is, don't think of that, oh, he's on the road. It's going to be a tough matchup. Don't think of that this season because that thinking has been thrown out the window so far. Some other things we're looking for here in Week 6, Tom Brady once again a chance to move up the record boards. If he gets 18 passing yards in Thursday night football, he's going to pass Peyton Manning for second place on the all-time list. He'll be trailing Drew Brees, and they're both going to be fighting for that distinction as they both continue to try to play into their mid-40s. So again, uh, Brady, again, 18 yards on Thursday Night Football. He's going to pass Peyton Manning for number two all-time on the passing yard list. So he might do that in the first pass attempt of the game. So that'll be interesting to watch. Christian McCaffrey, he continues his, I mean, dominance out there. I got to say, he's got to be the early favorite for MVP so far this year. 237 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns last week. Leads the NFL in scrimmage yards through the first five weeks of the 2019 season. And if he gets 134 scrimmage yards in London against Tampa Bay, McCaffrey would join Pro Football Hall of Famers Jim Brown and Marshall Falk as the only players in NFL history with at least 1,000 scrimmage yards through their team's first six games of a season. So an impressive feat, and I got to say, I think McCaffrey's going to do it coming up this weekend. Tampa Bay wide receiver Chris Godwin, he continues his tear in the last couple weeks. 12 catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns in week four. Seven catches, 125 yards, two scores in week five. So with at least 125 receiving yards and two touchdowns in London against Carolina, Godwin would become the fourth player in NFL history to have three consecutive games with at least 125 receiving yards and two touchdowns. A very impressive list that he can join as well for Godwin. So again, that Tampa Bay-Carolina matchup in London is going to be something to watch. And a record that could be falling on Monday Night Football when the Lions take on the Packers at Lambeau Field. Matthew Stafford of the Lions, if he can pass for 352 yards in that game, Stafford could become the first player in NFL history to reach 40,000 career passing yards 
in fewer than 150 games, and this list is pretty impressive. He's at 145 right now. Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning took him 154 games to get to that point. Dan Marino with 153, Drew Brees 152, and Matt Ryan with 151. So if Stafford has a big night Monday night, uh, he has a chance to get this record. Looks like, though, even if he doesn't get the 352 yards, he'll probably get in the next week as well. Again, Matt Ryan holds that record right now with 151 games it took to get to 40,000 yards. So still pretty impressive nonetheless. Now, joining PJ in the Fantasy Football Zone, Rotowire's Jerry Donavidian. Welcome back in Fantasy Football Zone. And again, we're joined by Rotowire.com's Jerry Donabedian. And Jerry, week five, some huge scores were put up. I'm thinking primarily of Deshaun Watson. Huge quarterback number he put up. But there's also some disappointments that were in week five. Yeah, yeah. I think we saw the, a record for the most wide receivers to reach 40 PPR points yeah. in a week. Uh, not, not sure who keeps track of that kind of thing, but apparently it was a record. Uh, which, yeah, if you were like watching those one o'clock games, uh, it was like, oh, you know, you think you've got Will Fuller in your lineup, you know, you're fine. Uh, then you look up and you see you're playing some of my, someone with Michael Thomas and Adam Thielen. You're like, yep. wait a second, I've got well, Will Fuller with 55 points and I, I might lose my matchup. Mm-hmm. That, that's a great example because I was that guy doing the noon games. My guy's fantastic. I'm like, I've got this in the bag by about like 132, 30. I'm like... I don't care what happens in these afternoon games. I'm good. And then it turned out I wasn't good in some of those leagues. Yeah, I had a, I had a team with uh, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Julian Edelman, oh. and Deshaun Watson. Uh, and I thought, you know, I was I thought I was in good shape. The other guy had Amari Cooper and Aaron Jones. So oh. he very quickly, in a matter of like about an hour and a half there in that Dallas Green Bay game, uh, made up like 70 points on me and then some and ended up winning pretty comfortably. Yeah, again, that's why we play it. We love it. But then, yeah, there's stuff like that that drives us nuts. <laughs> we won't forget it for a while. Uh, you know, speaking of those disappointments, we'll start off this week, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, going into the season, a lot of hype. And, again, sometimes you get scared away from those teams with hype, especially, uh, you know, fantasy-wise. Man, they have been big-time disappointments, and they proved that again against San Francisco on the road, and they got a tough matchup this week against Seattle. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this was the, you look at the Browns, they've had a little bit of a tricky start with the schedule, but really this Monday game against the 49ers on the road was really the first really tough match they've had, so there's, there's not really any good excuse for this. Uh, and looking at how well Mayfield played as a rookie, and how much, you know, and with with lesser weapons. I mean, he was throwing to a ton of passes to like Rashard Higgins last year. You bring in Odell Beckham, uh, allow some of those other guys to go back to like secondary roles. You'd think it would work better, but uh, yeah, I mean, Mayfield's playing much worse and the coaching has been a problem. The offensive line, of course, has been a problem. Uh, so yeah, they've got, you know, a decent get right spot this week, home against Seattle defense. Uh, that's a big step down to what we're accustomed to from that franchise but it's just you know how do you how do you trust them like they've already had uh they look good in baltimore but other than that they've really this cleveland offense has not looked good four or five weeks now and not consistent numbers from anyone because you know one week it was odell beckham had a great game against the jets then nick chubb like you said against the ravens he had a good game but nothing consistent baker's been very inconsistent and again it's the same system he had last year with better talent you would think and and the results just not there. Yeah, yeah, it's really. I mean, I think Chubb is Chubb is the guy who I trust most here. Uh, you know, he's 
He's getting really high snap counts. He's getting the carries every week. Uh, the yards even have been there. The touchdowns maybe haven't been quite where we expected just because, you know, other than, of course, the game against Baltimore, just because the rest of the offense is struggling. Uh, he's, not, he's not getting set up with a lot of scoring opportunities. Uh, but, yeah, I think, he, you know, he's the guy you trust. I think Beckham will pretty much has to bounce back to some degree, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's still the number one guy. He's still getting a good number of targets. Uh, but, yeah, I think that overall it's like uh, maybe certainly with Mayfield, uh, can't really trust him as a fantasy starter at all at this point. And maybe we have to adjust some of those expectations downward. I know, like, you know, this summer people were, you know, talking about, you know, well, look what Beckham did with Eli Manning. Imagine what he could do with Baker Mayfield. You know, he might put up 15 touchdowns in, you know, 1,700 yards. Like, I well, bought that, that hype. That's not yep. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, look, I think he'll still probably, you know, he's still going to end up over 1,000 yards if he stays healthy. Uh, he's going to pick up some touchdowns. So I I don't know if I'm in panic mode over the Cleveland offense. Like it's still pretty uh it's still like a pretty tight core there in terms of like they're giving the ball to Chubb, Beckham and Landry. So even if it's just if they can just be a mediocre offense, we're gonna see some fantasy value there for those three guys I mentioned. Uh whether, you know, Baker is able to enter that discussion again as a fantasy starter, I'm less optimistic about. Up next, a team that wished they had those issues. It's the Washington Redskins. Your chance to blast the team up a little north of you here. Um, man, they make the change. Jay Gruden is out. I mean, his five years there, for fantasy-wise, all you basically had was Jordan Reed and maybe Kirk Cousins for a couple years there. But, I mean, fantasy-wise, what kind of changes can we expect? Do we Is this more going to benefit Adrian Peterson, or do we stick with Terry McLaurin? Uh, what do you see here in Washington with this, and how it will affect uh, uh, fantasy things. Oh man, this is a, this is just a mess. Uh, I mean, look, the guy they brought in, uh, or the guy they promoted, Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach, uh, who actually you know has a ton of experience around the league with running offenses. Uh, but he was, as the offensive line coach, he was actually the one who was in charge of their running game. Uh, so that kind of tells you how bad the situation is when the guy you're promoting is in charge of a running game where Adrian Peterson is averaging two and a half yards per carry. Yeah. Uh, and, and even Chris Thompson, the scat back, is only at like three and a half. Uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, I do think that you're going to see that they're going to run the ball more. There have been some like talk from the Washington media that Callahan had been pushing for that all along. Uh, and, you know, in Jay Gruden's defense, I don't know how you're going to run the ball more when you're averaging three yards per carry and you're losing every game by 20 points. Uh, there's not a ton of room there. But this week, you know, if we just want to take like focus on this week, you're yes. going to Miami. Uh, for all their flaws, the Redskins do have some good players on their team. Uh, you know, on the defensive front, a few good linemen on the offensive side. The Dolphins don't really have that. I mean, they really just don't have good players. They, tra- they traded them all off for future assets. Uh, and the, the Redskins are, I think, favored by three and a half points this week. It's pretty wild for a team that fired, an 0 5 team that fired yeah. its coach at the beginning of the week to go on the road and be three and a half point favorites later that week. Uh, so, so for this week, I'm, I actually think Adrian Peterson could produce. Uh, looking, you know, longer term, I, I don't really have any expectations there. I think mm-hmm. you mentioned McLaurin. I think that's the guy who really has proven to be like the the one standout talent on that offense. And I think, you know, they're going to be trailing in games. They're going to be forced to throw some. So, yeah, I would I would expect McLaurin to keep producing. Maybe not 
maybe not quite to as much of the extent we saw the first few weeks with Gruden, you know, in the past happy offense, maybe toned down a little bit under Callahan. But yeah, it's still the still the still the main guy there, like the only one you can kind of trust. And this matchup this week, you know, sometimes we can watch games because we have fantasy guys in there, so we can watch bad matchups. I, I don't know how you can watch this game because not a lot of us own any of these guys in this Washington Miami game. This one is, I think, purely if you've got money riding on the game, betting on the line, that's the only reason you're watching this thing. Yeah, last week we talked about the Cincinnati-Arizona game. Yes. That was going to be ugly in real life, but kind of interesting for fantasy. You know, you've got guys like Tyler Boyd, Larry Fitzgerald, Kyler Murray, uh, David Johnson, Joe Mixon, who people have on their fantasy yes. team. <laughs> but this is, yeah, this is like, I will say I picked up Preston Williams in a couple okay. of leagues. Uh, I've got a lot of, like, Certain teams with like Sterling Shepard, who looks like he's going to be out, uh, and a few other injury issues. I, I really hope I don't have to start Preston Williams, but it looks like I might in at least one league. Fantasy Football Zone once again being joined by RotoWire.com's Jerry Donabedian. And up next, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. A ton of injuries have hit that offense now. So is this the time to move Juju or Connor if you can? Yeah, I think it's unfortunate. I think it's a little bit late, you know, if you were going to. They, uh, you can't really, uh, at this point, you're selling low. Um, but yeah, no, I think maybe with Connor, you know, he's gotten in the end zone the past couple weeks, two weeks ago, had the big game against the Bengals. We saw Juju get in the end zone two of the past three games. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they're both kind of like, I think Connor is, he kind of, he kind of drafted him hoping he'd be like an RB1, uh, sort of right behind that top tier. And I think the, Reality has been much more like kind of a touchdown-dependent RB2. He's not not doing as much in the passing game this year. He's not breaking as many tackles and picking up as many yards after contact. Obviously, the whole offense has a whole lot less opportunity with everyone struggling. So, yeah, those are those are guys who definitely have dropped a lot in value. I guess with, it's just sort of those cases where I'm like, well, what are you going to get for him at this point anyway? Like, Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you hold on to them, uh, you know maybe maybe Mason Rudolph gets back healthy. Not that he was not that he was exactly killing it. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's tricky. I've uh, as someone with Connor, I've you know explored some trade offers and kind of been like, oh, I'll give you Connor and something else for Leonard Fournette. <laughs> quickly been quickly been shot down. So. Yeah. <laughs> Based on my experience, I guess I'm pessimistic about uh, you know, the ability to, to get a decent return for those guys and kind of just like, well, just hold on to them. They're talented players, especially Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, maybe things get a little better. See, watching that game last week, I got a little excited as a Jalen Samuels owner that, oh, he's the emergency quarterback. So he, I, I didn't have him playing or anything, but I'm just like, oh, so he can catch the ball, he can throw the ball potentially, he can get me points that way, and then now he's hurt for a month, and then you got James Washington out for a month. They just they they have no one right now, basically, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, I guess, and that's sort of, you know, maybe you use that, uh, maybe that's like a, a, a small sign of optimism for Connor and Smith Schuster. You're like, well, now they've, you know, you're not going to have Jalen Samuel stealing these carries and targets. Uh, and, you know, the receiving core is really down to Juju, Deontay Johnson, and Vance McDonald. Uh, on the other hand, it's like, well, how are they going to put up points if they're down to their third-string quarterback? Yeah. They're missing a starting receiver and their number two running back. Uh, but, you know, yeah, maybe maybe this week uh, they're playing the Chargers. Chargers defense has been pretty bad this year with all the injuries it's had. So, you know, maybe you see, like, a big spike game from those guys, and you can say, well, look at uh, – you know, Connor scored three touchdowns in his past four games now. 
uh, you know, Juju is back on track. Maybe maybe a chance to sell high before things get tough again. And again, you do this every week, the uh, hidden stat line. You watch all the games. You got some great information on there up at rotowire.com. So week five, hidden stat line, what were some of the things you saw this week? You know, there's, there's some really cool stuff uh, in the Ram Seahawks game and stuff that could have implications down the line. Uh, first thing, which I think some uh, quite a few people might have caught on to, is that Ty Gurley played 93% of snaps, mm-hmm. uh, which was like what we saw from him basically in 2017 and 2018, up before that knee injury started to bother him. Uh, and so, you know, there's no there's no guarantee that that continues. But it is interesting that, you know, the first four weeks he was at like 70% of snaps uh, and up to 93%. And he didn't really play well in this game against the Seahawks. Uh, but just kind of getting those gimme touchdowns that he kind of stole from Goff in the passing game uh, on a night where they really looked good for the first time off season, chucking the ball around. So yeah, that was interesting with the Rams. And then also uh, another thing they did that we hadn't really seen since late last season after Cup got hurt was they used a bunch of two tight end formation, 12 personnel, which is two wide receivers, two tight ends, and then Gurley, the running back. Uh, and they actually did that before Brandon Cooks got hurt. They did it, I think, 15 times in the first half. So they would have Gerald Everett, who had a huge game. I think he was up over 130 yards. Uh, and then Tyler Higby, who actually you know, only had like three or four targets, but got up near 50 yards. So they would have those two on the field, uh, and then taking either Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks off the field uh, and using the tight ends a little more. And now we see that Brandon Cooks is hurt suffered a concussion, which he has a history of. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of times guys who have you know, had multiple concussions in their career tend to miss more time when they suffer that next one. Uh, so, you know, I think the tight end position is looking pretty thin right now. So I think Gerald, Gerald Everett is someone who he's not, not going to go to 130 yards again. But if you're in a pinch uh, or if you're kind of debating him or you're one of those tight end streaming, sort of looking for guys on that radar, I think Gerald Everett is someone who has a chance continuous success this week playing the 49ers. So a little little bit of a tougher matchup there, but could have the volume to make up for it. And Jerry, speaking of that Rams-Seahawks game, got to talk about Russell Wilson. Number one quarterback ranked in a lot of leagues now with the points he's putting up this year. And that's kind of a surprise to me because all we heard about talking in the offseason, Seattle, they're going to focus on the run, they're going to pound the ball a lot, but here's Russell making plays again, you know, sometimes in the second half when they're down, but he's throwing it around, and once again, he's among the top leaders in quarterbacks in fantasy. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's just incredible. Like, no matter, you know, some, he does have those games where they run the ball and they have success early and the defense plays better and they just don't need him. Yeah. Uh, but anytime the running game falters or the defense falters, it's like you, it's pretty much a guarantee that Russell Wilson's going to be up over 20 fantasy points, uh, often up over 30 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this week in Cleveland, uh, I think, you know, the, the Browns offense maybe was a little bit of a bounce back spot. Uh, and the Browns defense playing okay, uh, that, that actually almost works better for Wilson when he's playing a decent defense, uh, just because it does some, force them to be a little more aggressive with the passing game. Uh, which we which we've seen them be a little more willing to do the past two weeks anyway. So yeah, I mean that that guy's just unbelievable, and he had to turn like twenty five passing attempts into thirty fantasy yeah. points somehow. Yeah. I don't think no one else. Besides, maybe Mahomes can really do that. Fantasy Football Zone again being joined by RotoWire.com's Jerry Donabedian. Let's get into the Week 6 matchups at running back. Who are you liking this week? Well, I mentioned Adrian Peterson. Uh, there's an, another guy who's like uh, pretty much only getting carries uh, and in a really nice spot this week. It's Sony Michelle for the Patriots. Uh, he's 
a guy who's kind of been a frustration for fantasy owners. Saw him bounce back a little last week against Washington. And in this case, I mean, the Giants have been one of the few things that they've been okay at is stopping the run. Uh, so in this case, it's, you know, it's really like a volume-based play. You just look at the Giants. Sterling Shepard is probably out. Quan Barkley probably out another week. Evan Ingram probably out. They've just got, they've got nothing left on offense, and they're going up against the Patriots, who have been the best defense in the league. Uh, so, it's, you know, it's a pretty safe bet that the Patriots are going to be ahead in the second half. And even if they do come out throwing the ball more, which has pretty much been their strategy uh, for a while now, Michelle will pile up that garbage time volume, close out the game for them in the second half. You know, maybe they, we've seen the Patriots will have a drive where, you know, they complete seven passes for 74 yards. And then on the last play, it's like a one-yard touchdown run by Michelle or Burkhead. I think we'll, think we'll get some of that action this week, kind of like I think Brady and Gordon and Edelman will carry the team. Uh, but I think Michelle will end up with a bunch of fancy points, maybe maybe getting on the nerves of uh, some of those like Josh Gordon or Edelman owners. Now, what about the guy across from him that's supposedly going to be filling in for Saquon Barkley? A lot of people have been picking up Jonathan Hilleman as uh, their running back of choice, I guess, on the waiver wires this week. I, I really don't like this matchup for him, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I was all over Wayne Gallman, which uh, yeah. I guess got one great week and then one concussion in the first quarter. But yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't even. I haven't even bothered with the John Hellman. I mean, they're playing on the road against the best defense in the league, and it's a one week. It's a one week deal. Yeah. Uh, Barkley is going is going to be back next week. Gallman might even also be back next week. Uh, so yeah, I just don't. I mean, you know, he's kind of the only guy left. So maybe he gets you know a handful of cheap catches, maybe in like a PPR league. Uh, you just hope like for some volume. So I can understand it as like a desperation play, but that's really I just I don't see any upside. I'm like how are how if the Giants do score, it's gonna have to be like, you know, kind of one one big play probably or, you know, something on defense or special teams. So yeah, I just I don't see any kind of sustained success that's gonna lead to Hilleman piling up a bunch of yards or getting in the end zone. Last week, as we mentioned, a lot of big performances put up by wide receivers. Not sure if they're going to put up those numbers once again, but Jerry, who do you like this week in matchups? Yeah, yeah, probably not. It'd be uh, crazy to have another another week like that. Uh, but someone who, you know, we haven't seen do that in a long time, but we have seen do, do it before, Stefan Diggs. Yes. Uh, this week, you know, it kind of almost happened for him last week against the Giants, and I think you know, if you're a Diggs owner, you're like, to see Adam Thielen have that huge game and then Diggs still be quiet, kind of after everything going on with him last week was frustrating. But you look at the end of the day, like, Thielen had a huge game, but Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 27 times. Uh, there, there really wasn't a ton of opportunity there. Uh, this week, they're going up against an Eagles team that's got, I think it's top two quarterback, cornerbacks are injured. They weren't playing well to begin with. Um, they've just been bleeding, other than this Jets game the past week, which was basically like a freebie. They've just been bleeding fantasy points to wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, we saw it against the Packers. We saw it against the Falcons earlier this year. So I think this is a spot where we're going to see, and the Eagles have allowed less than three yards per carry. So I think this is going to be a spot where we're going to see the Vikings are going to have to rely, you know, just be forced to rely on Diggs, the Allen, uh, the passing to Dalvin Cook maybe more so than the running based on how dominant the Eagles' run defense has been. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think Diggs will bounce back there. And even, you know, it's been certainly disappointing based on where he was drafted. But if you just take the two games where Cousins has thrown 30-plus pass attempts, Diggs has 150 yards and a touchdown between those two games. 
Uh, so, you know, he's still, he's still been doing fine with the opportunities he's been given. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, figuring out the week where he's going to get those opportunities. Because, yeah, in this new Vikings offense, it's not, it's not going to be every week. You know, the past couple of years, it was pretty much you could lock seven digs in for seven, eight targets a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can't do that anymore, but we can still figure out when he's in a good position to get those looks and know that he's a you know, very talented player who generally is going to make the most of his opportunities. Is there another wide out you could help people with this week? Yeah, someone who maybe is a little bit further down the radar, someone else who had someone who had a lot of preseason hype but has been a little disappointing, uh, D.D. Westbrook for the Jaguars. Okay. Uh, he's obviously, he's been overshadowed by D.J. Chark, but just looking at the last three weeks, uh, Westbrook has seen the same target share, right around 25% as Chark. Uh, he gets, you know, he's the slot guy. He's getting shorter looks. You're not going to have the same chance for touchdowns. I certainly wouldn't start him over Chark. Nothing crazy like that. But I think looking at the matchup this week, they're home against Saints defense. Uh, struggled against the pass a little. Their slot corner PJ Williams has been their real weak point. Uh, he got beat up bad by Chris Godwin last week. I think he's given up the fourth most yards in the slot of any cornerback this year. So I think you know we're going to see a matchup where maybe the uh, Jaguars are forced to throw the ball a little more in a tough game. Uh, and I think that both Chark and Westbrook will do well. I think, you know, people are kind of on to Chark at this point. Like, if you, if you got him, you got to be starting him. Uh, but I think Westbrook is maybe on people's benches. I've even seen him on waivers some places. Uh, and, you know, he's not going to put up huge yardage totals. But in, like, a PPR league this week, I, I think he'll have at least five or six catches uh, and be up over 50 yards. So, could be a, definitely a good bye week fill in at the very least. I was going to ask you about uh, DJ Shark. I mean, I've had some questions. Uh, how do you treat him? Where is he on the receiver line? I mean, do you slot him as as a wide receiver too, or is he getting towards that one line? I mean, how or is he getting off the flex line? Where do you, I guess, position him uh, right now? Yeah, I mean, you got it. He's definitely pushed above that flex line. I, I would say like wide receiver too. You know, I'm not ready to put him up with. Uh, you know, the production through the first five weeks of the season has been as good or better than any other receiver. Uh, I'm not quite ready to put him up with Michael Thomas. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the one guy who, I think Godwin, who we just mentioned, is the one guy who really has solidified himself as like that wide receiver one tier who wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. I put, so I put Shark like a level down, but, you know, you're certainly not going to have many lineups where that are going to be good enough to keep him on the bench. Uh, he's you know, right in that WR2 range. Look at not just the target volume, but the quality of targets he's getting. Gardner Minshew is playing well. Uh, when he throws downfield, he's going to Chark. You know, Westbrook, like you mentioned, is like the shorter throw guy. You know, Chark is getting red zone looks. He's getting deep passes. So this isn't just like, you know, dink and dunk stuff. Uh, even if he has a game with three catches, you know, it might be a 50-yard gain and then a touchdown. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he doesn't need a ton of catches, but pile up fantasy points. So yeah, I would, I'd put him in that WR two range definitely. Quarterback this week, uh, whose matchup do you like? Oh, Kyler Murray and Matt Ryan. That Arizona, uh, yes, is going to be like the. Uh, there will be no defense in that game. No, no defense, <laughs> and both teams love to throw the ball. So you're talking about you know probably elevating you know, the Cardinals playing hurry up their hurry up style of offense. We could be looking at elevated snap volume on both sides, just tons of pass attempts, no defense. Uh, and, you know, Kyler Murray, I think he's starting to get some attention now. But he's seventh in the league in fantasy points right now. He scored over 16 points every single week. Uh, maybe the real-life performance hasn't been that consistent. But, you know, something we've kind of talked about in the past was, like, with those running quarterbacks, you just 
you tend to get like a nice floor. Like even when they struggle, you know, you put pressure on them, maybe it slows the offense down, but they end up with, you know, 60, 70 rushing yards out of it. And sure enough, up around 17, 18 fantasy points, even if they struggle with the passing game. Uh, and, it, you know, this week it looks like one where Murray probably won't struggle passing just based on what we've seen from Atlanta's defense, uh, looking really like on a Miami Dolphins-esque level the yes. past few weeks. Yeah, I think pretty much anyone you can get your hands on from Arizona that's healthy. Uh, they do have some injury issues there, but certainly Murray and Fitzgerald at the very least are healthy. Yeah, anyone... Anyone from them should be a good bet this week. At tight end, someone other than Austin Hooper, we're following that plan of the tight end playing the Cardinals. So who's another tight end you'd start? Yeah, I think Hooper has, at this point, established himself as like he needs to be started every week regardless of matchup based on the volume. Uh, But my guy this week, and I hate to do it because he really, Greg Olson, he burned me last week with that goose egg. (laughs) I mean, that was... It was rough. I had some uh, some good lineups that were just like had that zero that made the difference from Olsen. Uh, but you look at this week that they're going to be playing Tampa Bay in London. Last time they already played Tampa Bay once this year, uh, and Olsen went over 100 yards. We saw the Bucks give up the game for four catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown to Jared Cook for the Saints last week, who otherwise has been like dead quiet this year. Uh, the week before, we saw Everett and Higby for the Rams combined for over 100 yards against the Bucks. Uh, so for the season, the Bucks have given up the second most fantasy points to tight end. And I think, you know, Olsen having already beaten them once, uh, the issues that they're having that have cropped up with their safeties and their linebackers and coverage, I think it's, I think it's a nice bounce-back spot for Greg Olsen here. Uh, and then also for DJ Moore, uh, just based on his matchup against the Bucks cornerbacks. And we saw both of them have good games last time these two teams faced off. And while we're on this matchup, i got to ask you, I bought the hype. I thought he was going to have a huge year for tight end. O.J. Howard, he can catch a foul ball, but he can't get, catch a football now. Uh, what do I do with him? I, it's tough because I, I think, you know, based on what he's done, it's like – The talent's there, but it, he's but just there's not, like yeah. If you look at the depth at tight end right now, there's like, you know, there's – Seven, eight guys that are pretty good, including uh, uh, Evan Ingram, who it looks like is going to be out this week. And then after that, it's like there's you know 15 guys who are basically all the same. Like, yeah. you know, what are you? You're probably going to get three catches for 30 yards. You're just hoping for a touchdown. Uh, and of that group, OJ Howard is like he has that upside in terms of his physical ability and what we saw from him last year, producing like 50 yards per game, 10 over 10 yards per target. Uh, so I think, you know, if you're in like an 8-10 team league, I think you can you can cut, cut O.J. Howard loose. But in a little bit deeper of a league, you know, I'm kind of like, well, you might as well keep him around, see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wouldn't want him in my starting lineup. Last time they played the Panthers, he played like 55 snaps and had zero targets yes. uh, back in week two. Yeah. And the Panther, Panthers' pass defense has been really tough this year. Uh, if anything, the, the run has been the way to beat them. Yeah, I would. I would rather you know try to find someone like a Gerald Everett, uh, Jimmy Graham, pretty much anyone besides OJ Howard to stream through there. But I still think Howard is a decent bench stash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could could see him turn things around as the season goes on. And while we're at it here, the streaming defenses besides uh, Washington and Miami, because that might end up in a zero zero tie. I, who who would you <laughs> pick this week? Yeah, well, Washington's my number one choice. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, oh yeah, no, that's my. Uh, they're they're available. They were, you know, as of yesterday when I wrote the column yeah. on Tuesday or on Tuesday actually when I wrote it, they were available. 
in, I think, 95% of leagues on both Yahoo and ESPN. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, that's just – I think historically my – I've had a lot of success kind of just playing these defenses based on matchup rather than the talent of the defense itself. Uh, I really – I think the quality of the quarterback and the offensive line tends to have more to do with turnovers and sacks than – quality of the defense so i i know people aren't going to feel great about it mm-hmm. uh but I, I think you know in most leagues where you're looking at those better defenses being on teams anyway i think it's i think it's the best play uh but i also you know as a, as a secondary plan i like the panthers uh you know, don't, don't be scared off by seeing at tampa bay it's technically a road <laughs> game but it's yes. in london uh which could also give us like a nice chance for some, maybe some rain some wind uh london games as anyone who's been to the uk can tell you you're definitely looking at increased chances for conditions that are not friendly to the passing game uh and james winston gives you increased chances for turnovers and sacks yes Uh, even when they're playing well like we saw against the rams two weeks ago he's just could just throw a pick six at any time so yeah i think the the panthers are maybe a little bit safer play there but I, I really think that the Redskins are going to go to Miami and come out with a win this week. Now, what about the Cowboys? Yeah, they got gashed last week by the Packers, but they're facing the Jets this week, and, you know, Darnold is back, so that offense might move a little better, but do you think they're a pretty good play even though they're going to be on the road? Yeah, I think the Cowboys are a good play too. Um, I wasn't looking at them as much. They're owned a bit more in fantasy leagues. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I, I think I'm, I'm still more optimistic about Sam Darnold than – I think most people are. I think that game is going to be – I think the Cowboys will win, but I think it's going to be more of a higher-scoring game maybe than, like, you look at the odds. I think the, the Jets are projected for, like, 17, 18 points. I think they'll do a little better than that. I also think they'll give up a little more than that. Um, I think I think Darnold, you know, he looked pretty good at the end of last year, week one. I guess we don't know for sure, but it seems like maybe he was, like, already dealing with some of the effects of that mono. Uh, and, you know – the Luke Falk the past few weeks has been so bad, it's like impossible to evaluate the rest of the offense. So mm-hmm. I have cautious optimism for Darnold and Robbie Anderson and Jameson Crowder. All right. And, of course, the Week 5 Hidden Stat Line column, that's out right now, rotowire.com. And then, of course, you can help everyone else with the, some more of those Week 6 matchups, right? Yep, yep. We've got my matchups column. should be coming out Thursday morning. Uh, yeah, and we'll definitely, definitely be highlighting some of those guys we just talked about. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, Greg Olson, Sonny Michelle, Kyler Murray, so, and then a, a bunch more, too. And then we also do uh, downgrades, the guys to avoid. Sounds good, Jerry. And again, thank you very much for your time this week. All right. Good talking to you, Paul. And again, big thank you, Jerry Donabedian, rotowire.com. Again, always check his stuff out. Always, rotowire.com. Very underrated. They can help you out with those matchups, tough calls. You're wondering who to start or whatnot. Again, that hidden stat line column is fantastic because as we covered earlier in the show, you can kind of see the percentages of how these guys are being used. And yes, game flow situations changes, but if there's a proven history of a guy playing a little bit more than another, Jerry finds that out for you and he puts it right in there. So again, check it out, rotowire.com. Great stuff as always. And once again, a big thank you to you for checking us out this week. Fantasy Football Zone podcast, spending some time with us here. You can always subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your download from. And that way you can get the freshest episode when it becomes available. You can always interact with us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Wish you best of luck coming up in week six. This is PJ, Fantasy Football Zone. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.